welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. And I um, just want to welcome everyone here, and thanks so much. And all the newcomers and all the visitors here to our church family, we just want to make you feel so at home and so welcome at this place. Isn't it an awesome morning? Um, I love this time of year, even though it's pretty stressful and it's full on, just coming together like this and just celebrating the birth of our King is just so amazing. Um, just want to thank everyone that's been involved in uh, this, organising this, especially Tim Buchanan. So wherever he is, give him a massive hand because he is an absolute legend. So for those that don't know me, my name is Simon. I lead the church here with an incredible wife, Christy, and such an amazing team. And um, it, I don't know, I'm, I'm living the dream, really, just doing what I'm doing and, and doing it full time. is just so amazing. I apologize in advance for my voice. I've been struggling with it for the whole week, so hopefully I don't, it doesn't go or I keep breaking my voice multiple times like I did last week. Anyway, joy to the world. And that's the theme of this morning. And it's one of my favourite, it's got to be in the top three of my favourite Christmas carols. So I just want to talk about that this morning and the origin of the song and, and really how it affects us. And I love that song, Joy to the World. Just want to read it again. We sung it this morning. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Saviour reigns, let all their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love. It's just an absolute phenomenal Christmas carol. Like I said, my top three, it's definitely one of the most famous worldwide Christmas carols of all time. The interesting thing is that it was never written as a Christmas carol. Back in the 1700s, there was a minister um, and a hymn writer called Isaac Watts, and he loved writing poetry. He put together and published a book of poems um, that he was inspired by. I think a lot of them were out of the Psalms in the Bible. This was one of them. Never ever thought about it being a Christmas carol. I'm not sure where along the, the, the course of history that someone grabbed it and put a melody to it and made it a Christmas carol, but it's just one phenomenal song. And like I said, it's, um, it was inspired by the Psalms, especially Psalm 98, and I'm not gonna read it because of, of time, but it's there in your notes if you're on the Bible app. Just wanna read out a couple of verses um, Verse four, shout to the Lord, all the earth, break out in praise and sing for joy. Verse seven, let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Verse eight, let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. So that was half of the inspiration um, that Isaac Watts had for writing this song, Joy to the or poem, Joy to the World. And I want to talk about his other part of um, what inspired him later on. But because we're on the theme of joy and I'm talking about joy to the world, what does it actually mean when we look at that, that word in the Bible? Um, in the Greek, it's kara. That's where we get the word charismatic from or the, the awesome name charis from. And it means joy, reju- rejoicing, happiness, gladness, cause of joy, occasion, of rejoicing bliss. So we sort of think, well, yeah, that's sort of, I understand joy. 
But we got to understand when you look at the context in the Bible right throughout, it's actually a complete different type of joy than just being happy because of circumstances. It's completely different. You guys know that old song, if, if you're like over 50. Um, I got something that the world can't give and the world can't take it away. Lindsay, you've probably got to love that song. You've, uh, and the other older ones that love those choruses. It's really true. There is a thing called biblical joy that this world cannot give us. It is supernatural. Um, and it goes beyond our feelings and our circumstances. And even when we go through sorrows, we can still experience this incredible thing called biblical joy. And to prove that, I just wanna read out of Acts 13, verse 49 to 52. This was when the early church was established. Um, 49. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region, but the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas. They were, they were ministering and they were telling people about Jesus and they drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. So this wasn't just a little bit of persecution. There was like a riot and most of the city were like, we want these guys out of here. Like just imagine the rejection that they felt. And, and to, it would be natural to feel like discouraged and like you just wanna give up and everyone hates you and why am I on earth am I doing this? But verse 52 is incredible. And the disciples, what was their response? They were filled with joy. Like the last like thing you'd think that they would experience, they were experienced. It shows and proves that this thing called biblical joy is really quite amazing and it's a big deal. The disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Biblical joy is not dependent upon circumstances, but three things I think. Having a relationship with Jesus, and we can all have a relationship with Jesus. An understanding of what happened at the cross. That Jesus was broken so that our brokenness could be healed, that His blood was shed so that our sins could be washed away and the great exchange that took place. And He's not there anymore, by the way. He's risen again, like Les said, breaking the curse of sin and death. And also having a deep knowledge and understanding that God actually does keep His promises. And so even in the midst of sorrow, and is an interesting verse, and Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians 6.10, he says, our hearts ache but we always have joy. Like as Christians, it doesn't mean that we're supposed to fake joy or just forget about the sorrow or suppress our sorrow. Yes, we will go through dark times and yes, our hearts will hurt because of the well of sorrow in our life because we live in a broken world and it's full of broken people. But there is a well that's deeper than any sorrow and any heartbreak and that's this well of joy because of what Jesus has done in our lives. Isn't that incredible? And sometimes, you know, it is a bit of a mission to find this. And uh, you guys know my story and my latest phase is running and I'm loving running most evenings. And part of that is not just running, it's actually spending time with the Lord, um, chucking on worship music and singing and worshiping and, and praying. And like, we have our ups and downs. Even as ministers, we have our ups and downs. And sometimes you feel a little bit discouraged and a little bit depressed, but there is always this place of supernatural joy that is ours. It's our inheritance because of what Jesus did and we can find it and we can expect it and we can experience it. Why? Because a couple of thousand years ago, Jesus came as a little baby born as God, but into, into humanity. His purpose was to save us, which is so awesome. So let's get back to the, the Christmas story. 
And I want to read a few passages out of the Gospel of Luke because he gives the most detailed joy of the birth of uh, Christ and how Jesus coming into the world was truly joy to the world. And I want to start the Christmas story. It actually doesn't start with the birth of Jesus. It starts with the birth of John the Baptist. Um, In Luke 1 verse 13, it says, and this is when an angel is talking to John the Baptist's dad, uh, Zechariah, and telling him he's going to have a baby. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. Verse 14, you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Why are they rejoicing at John's birth? Verse 17 gives us the answer. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. It's like a prerequisite when they understood John the Baptist was was on the scene preparing the way for the Lord. That meant the Messiah, the Saviour was going to be born, were going to come into the world soon. And people everywhere were filled with joy. And I'll get to the Christmas story a little bit later on, but part of the Christmas story is the shepherds. Don't you love the shepherds? They were watching their flocks and they get freaked out because of angels. Luke 2 verse 8, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. What's this good news? Verse 11, the Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So it's all about joy. There is truly joy to the world because Jesus came into the world. And it didn't just stop this joy and celebration, didn't just stop at the birth of Jesus. For those that believe in Jesus and know uh, that He's saved them and that who He is and and all He's done for us, it carries on even like I was saying in, in some dark times. In Luke 6 verse 22, it says, Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. It's all about Jesus. Verse 23, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. Even in the very worst of circumstances, the joy that Jesus brings remains the same. Again, how can we find this joy? Believe in Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Understand the work of the cross and truly believe His promises. God does not lie. And this joy is available for every single one of us. It is supernatural and it is not dependent on any of our circumstances. It's dependent upon Jesus and what He's done. And He's already done it. It is finished. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. Let's get to the Christmas story. Luke 2, verse 1 to 7. In those days... A decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. It was like a census. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. That's where he came from, Bethlehem. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger 
because there was no place for them in the inn. Now, our, our classic understanding of Christmas, and I've shared about this before, but I wanna share it again because I think it's absolutely phenomenal when we get the, the historical understanding of it. Like, classic Christmas story is they're like 10 miles out of Bethlehem and Mary's on a donkey and like Joseph's behind, uh, beside him, her, and like she's, she's having contractions and Joseph is freaking out. It's like, I'm still a long way away. So they like freak out and they're, they're trying their, 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 their darndest to get to the city of Bethlehem. And then he starts knocking on all these, all these hotels and the innkeeper opens and says, sorry, there's no room because there's a whole lot of people here because of the census. And he's just knocking and knocking and, and the baby's just about to come out and Joseph's freaking out. And then finally, the, the last hotel, the last inn, the innkeeper says, no, there's no room here, but where my livestock is, you can sort of go there and hang out. So they quickly rush there and then seconds later, the baby's born and, and we see sort of think that's the, the Christmas story. It didn't actually happen like that. So if, if I'm destroy your understanding of Christmas right now, please forgive me based on this verse. Verse six, and while they were there, the time came for Mary to give birth. Now, Joseph is going back to Bethlehem because that's where his family originated in the time of the day. Families didn't move far. Um, 99% positive that he still had some extended family in Bethlehem. And because of the culture of the time, if you had extended family, if you had friends, there was always room available for you. So most biblical scholars, almost all of them, I would say all of them, agree that it wasn't like the last minute thing. They rushed in and just at the nick of time, baby Jesus was born. They were there a little while before Jesus was born. Verse seven, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now this is where every English translation of the Bible falls down. That word in is, is three times in the New Testament. It's never translated, it shouldn't ever be translated as an inn, it's much more accurately translated as guest room or guest chamber or guest house. If you, were, if you could afford it in, in the time, everyone had a guest room in their house. Uh, because like I said, hospitality was so huge in the Middle East at the time, and it still is. You had visitors coming and they didn't just stay for a cuppa for half an hour and then you were sort of like, look at the time, you need to go now, please. That was not like that. Um, they would stay for days. So there would have been descendants or extended family of Joseph in Bethlehem and probably they had somewhere to, they had a guest room. It says that the guest room was Full. Now, I suggest to you, if me and Christy were hanging out in someone's guest room and then Mary and Joseph come and she's about to have a baby, I would gladly leave that room. I would sleep outside if it was like, this is a pregnant lady. She needs to, have, she needs to be comforted. But that didn't happen. There was no room for Mary in the guest house, the very best place of the house. Why is that? That goes against all Middle Eastern culture. We gotta understand that no one really believed that Mary was pregnant divinely because of God. Like you would never believe that. And because honor was a huge thing in that culture, if you had an extended family member and they had slept around before marriage, like they brought shame and dishonor to your whole family. They were not welcomed in the very best place in the house. Jesus was not welcomed there. And so Jesus and Mary and Joseph, they were relegated to the place of the livestock. Now with that in mind, let's read this. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Like I said at the start, there was 
the inspiration for Isaac Watts to, to write this hymn. Half of it was Psalm 98. The other half wasn't Christmas at all. He never even thought about Christmas as he was writing this poem. He was thinking about the second coming of Jesus. If you read the history of this hymn, it's about Psalm 98 and it's about Isaac Watts thinking about the time when Jesus is coming back to earth. Do we have room in our hearts for Jesus? A couple of thousand years later from the first Christmas, just like in the first Christmas, there wasn't room for Jesus in the very best place of that house. 2023, is there room for Jesus in the very best place of my heart? Or is He just a part of my life because I wanna go to heaven when I die and I want some favour with God and I wanna pray to Him and have my prayers answered? Or does He have the very best place of my heart? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. The story of the world meeting Jesus is a story of the world finding their full joy in God. And if I could have, uh, we're gonna have an item now and it's reflective and it's just gonna be awesome to think about what I've said. So if I can have um, the people that are in the, in the bold of the item come on stage. I can't read the writing on my hand. Um, they're awesome anyway. The baby born in Bethlehem was born to die in our place. He went to the cross and received the wrath we deserve for our sin. He died to purchase the joy the angels announced at his birth. And three days later, he rose from the dead, the firstborn of all who would follow him. He appeared to his disciples and showed them how all the Bible was pointing to him, the baby born in a manger, the preacher of good news, the son of God crucified on the cross, the king who conquered the grave and the joy of the world. The king that even death could not hold down reigns in glory and is still sending his disciples among the nations to offer everyone everywhere, never ending joy in him and with him in his presence. So we just don't sing joy to the world now because it's a cool Christmas carol. We understand who the joy to the world is. That is Jesus. He is the joy to the world. He is the only reason that joy has come into this world, I wanna finish with this thought or maybe a couple more thoughts. Is he the joy of your world today? Is he the joy of your world? And I just wanna finish with this, Hebrews 12, two, and I shared this a couple of weeks ago. It's all about running the race, remember that sermon? And then it says, it talks about Jesus and it says, because of the joy awaiting Him. So we're talking about Jesus and we're talking about this thing called joy. Because of the joy awaiting Jesus, He endured the cross disregarding its shame. He went to the cross for this thing called joy. What, did, what was He joyful about? What was He looking forward to? A couple of things. He was to be reunited with His Father in heaven. But I think another big component of that is Jesus looked through the span of all future and he saw humanity and he understood what him going to the cross meant. Resurrection and restoration and forgiveness of sin. Healing for brokenness for all of mankind. Everyone who said, Jesus, I believe in you. I give my life to you. So we sing joy to the world because of what Jesus did. We understand that Jesus is the joy of the world. Is he the joy of my world? And every single one of us right here now, and maybe if you're watching this online. In your brokenness, perhaps, in your messiness, 
and you're hurt and pain, you're thinking, flip, you know, would Jesus ever want me? You are the joy of his world. Isn't that powerful? And he wants you home. And he's done everything he can, and he's the only person that could do it to offer us forgiveness of sins and hope and healing and purpose and forgiveness and heaven and a fresh new start and hope. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that worth getting excited about? Romans 15, 13. I pray this and declare this over us. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I just want to pray for us and... um, you may be here this morning and you may be far away from Jesus. You may have never given your life to Jesus. You may be thinking, well, what's, you know, I sort of understand about Jesus, but I would like to know more. Um, often we, we give people an opportunity to respond. Um, but the cool thing is there's no strife and strain in this as a pastor because we know that the Holy Spirit's drawing people to himself. So a lot of the time it is a process as well. So uh, I'm going to pray in a second and um, these awesome people are going to sing a song. And during that song, I just really would ask us to contemplate on on what I've talked about, that Jesus is the joy of the world. Have we made space for Jesus in our heart? And it doesn't have to be a flash prayer. No one has to hear it. You can pray it in your own heart. Jesus, I want you. I need you. I want to give my life to you. It's just a simple prayer. It's it's the the meaning behind it that matters. It's not about being articulate and saying the right words. Um, And I encourage you, and I I really do um, urge you, to, to make that decision, if you're far away, if you've never given your life to Jesus, during this time as we're reflecting and we're listening to the item, just in, in your own time, in your own heart, make a commitment to the Lord. Come back to Him this morning. He's got arms wide open for you. Um, and one more thing I do ask, um, if, you're, if you're not ready to make that decision, but you want to talk to someone about it, please do. The, the person that brought you, and we're all available here, and we would love to have a conversation with you and introduce you to the greatest person in all of eternity, the joy of the world. So Lord, I want to thank you so much. Lord, for this incredible supernatural joy that's available to us all because of, of Jesus coming into the world that, that first Christmas. And Lord, it's, it's so easy, even as believers, to be stressed out and, and to be burdened down and to, and to lose our joy. But I want to thank you that that thing called joy, a supernatural gift, is available to all of us who have given our lives to you. And I just really pray that every single person here right now, we would find that joy again, that joy would come back into our life if we've lost it. I rebuke works of darkness and depression and oppression, brokenness. And I just want to thank you that there is full healing at the cross. Lord, I want to also thank you that you are drawing people to yourself. Lord, as we end this year and we start a great new year in 2024, I pray that there'd be a harvest of souls, harvest of people returning to you, that we would fall in love with Jesus all over again. But this Christmas, Lord, with the presents and the gifts and the family and the, and the eating and the drinking and, and, and all the joy of it, may we never forget that you are the joy of the world, God, and that we would truly make you the joy of our world. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. 